So, to state the obvious, I, I don't want to be caught with this on me. You know, mister, I've been providing my services for the past 30 odd years. I think in that time I'd learn better than ask a man his business, especially not one referred by the lawyer. But I do feel the urge to ask you, are we strictly talking defense here? Yes, absolutely. Defense. Why? Because if it's just personal protection, aside from a bucket of money, You'd save yourself a potential felony two-spot for carrying a weapon with a defaced serial number if you'd just buy it legally. But if you did have to use it, wouldn't it still be better to use one that couldn't be traced? This the West, boss. New Mexico's not a retreat jurisdiction. Man steps to you bent on doing you bodily harm. You got every right to plant your feet and shoot to kill. Some call it immoral, right? And I do include myself within that class. They talk a little bit about Saul there, the lawyer. Yes, I caught that. So welcome to the West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. We just listened to uh, some guy named Lawson. He's the gun salesman that Walt has used a couple times. He's buying a thirty-eight snub-nosed revolver uh, from the episode 402 38 snub. Yes, and I like how the beginning they, they tease the audience because you don't know that uh, Walt is with anybody. Um, and then they kind of pan out and you see that he's talking to somebody, um, which Jim Beaver is the gun salesman. He's actually uh, does some of the IMBD bios. He's, uh, he was really good. I like how he's right to the point, goes right to the point and gets right down to the nitty gritty, just like he did with the... Uh with the big gun that Gus or that that Walt bought in season five. Um, exactly. Here's your gun. The owner's manual printed it out from YouTube or wherever he got it from. It's all in the trunk. There you go. It's like pure and simple. That's it. That's the deal. Right. Exactly. I like it. He talks about using it offense versus defense, and he tries to offer a little bit of advice to Walt. Uh, you may not need this type of a filed-off serial number if you're just an honest, straight, straightforward guy looking for a gun for, you know, for defensive purposes. Uh, you just buy one at a gun store. But Walt kind of conceals that from him. Yeah, speaking of conceals, they chose this gun uh, because it was compact and, and concealable uh, and something that would be realistic for somebody like Walt to buy. And apparently this guy is another, um, he's in one of the communication channels that Saul provides to his clientele. Right. Because he turned, uh, turned Walt onto this guy, connected them together. Right. Now, Walt says he's using it for defense, but he really is using it offensively. He's going to use it to try to kill Gus, essentially. But that's defense too, isn't it, Kelly? It's like the best defense is a good offense. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, I think that the guy, knowing the way that he was practicing, uh, was kind of tipping him off that maybe this wasn't such a legit thing he was planning on doing. Yeah, he was going to hide it and draw it real quick, like like taking the offense. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, just I justify. I would justify this to Walt that he's going to take out an enemy that's really a pretty big threat to him, and, and in the long run, it is defensive. Right. Maybe not to the law, but for him, sure. 
taking taking the first strike is his <laughs> view of being defensive. Now he does end up going to Gus's house <laughs> eventually later in this episode, and he's warned away again by by who do you think? That was Mike on the phone. It sounds like he says, "Go home, Walter." Like he always kind of has that irritated sound. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I they don't they don't show him, but I just assume that Mike is always the one that steps in when when uh, Walter went to uh, Los Polos Hermanos and and uh, Mike was there telling him just go home. What yeah, do you do? I guess it does fit into that category of mannerisms that Mike has. It sound it sounds like the way he would have said it. Right. <laughs> Um, we do see Mike at the bar. He looks really worn out and bedraggled. Looks like he hasn't slept for a while, and he's he's got some of Victor's blood still on his cuff of his shirt. Um, do you think Mike was thinking? Because he, he looks so sick of the whole thing at this point, Kelly. Do you think he's thinking of his way out of out of all of this? No, because uh, well, first it's funny because he was on the background on the TV was one of Saul's cheese ball ads, and it's funny because he's the only one that's really thinking about. Uh, the plane crash anymore. <laughs> Saul, yeah. He's still wearing the pin and still trying to drum up business. Um, but no, I think because Walt, or yeah, Walt comes in shortly thereafter and says, "Hey, you know, let's let's get together and figure out how we can take out um, Gus. You know, he killed a guy right in front of us just to prove a point." Uh, and then a fight ensues uh, with Mike being quite offended that he's asking to take out his boss because Mike's loyalties are to Gus. Well, so. we, we see Mike twice in this bar. The first time is in kind of in the morning. He's drinking coffee. And that's when he scrapes the little flecks of blood off of his cuff, of his shirt. Later on, we do see him with, with um, Walt come in. And then they, you know, Walt wants to reason with Mike and have him do what you, like you say. Take, let's figure out a way to take Gus out and get us both off the hook. But in this morning shot, it looked to me like he was tired of it. Like, he's thinking of retirement. Like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this anymore. He just looked weary. Mm-hmm. He, he always seems a little weary to me. He always looks kind of half, half annoyed. I think he is ready to retire from this lifestyle. Because we see later on in the series he is, right? He's, he's working on his way of getting out of it and just taking some money and settling down and leaving some money for his grandkids and right. ready to retire. But I don't know. I just thought that might have been a hint right here. Yeah, if he had a job in the in the you know being a police officer before, he's probably seen it all, and he's just tired, ready to go. Could be. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we also see Jesse sliding downhill really big time. He's bought this mega stereo set for his party room, his or his house. I guess he turns his whole house into a party room. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, the stereo that's all super. Goes up to like 120 decibels, and it's got a light flashing system in it, and looks really hokey. But it, I don't know. Jesse's just—he's providing like these external distractions to to keep him from going insane. I think big parties, big loud music, drugs. Well, if you remember, you know what he's dealing with. What I had forgotten too is one. Obviously, he's dealing with Gale with the death of having to shoot Gail, but he also just put Victor into a bucket of uh, acid, which was gruesome and, and not something that he can soon forget. So he's just got ghosts all over the place. Yeah. And mentioned the kid that got killed and just constant deaths. Pete and Badger show up to uh, cheer him up. 
<laughs> and they start one of their massive discussions, which are just imminently hilarious about zombie movies and zombie video games. Uh, one of their great debates. I love hearing those guys together. Yeah, another kind of sketchy move on, on um, Jesse's part is that they were trying to stay clean with the 12 steps, and uh, he needed partners to party with, so he breaks out the crank, and and uh, they, they dropped their sobriety pretty fast. Not a very good friend. Yeah, he's getting oh. what he wants and sways them off their path. Right. We also meet the Zumba here. Remember the Zumba? Love the Zumba. <laughs> uh, and we learn a little bit about uncut pizzas. Yeah. Um, really, I think when the when Walt had thrown the um, pizza on the roof, it, people, the audience was kind of questioning why it wasn't cut. So they had to think of a way to bring that pizza back in and explain why it wasn't cut. So hence, pass the savings on to you. Do you think that was service to that series of questions by the audience? They made this part of that? Yeah, the, well, you know, Vince is one to be very particular, as I've said thousands of times, on detail. Uh, so when you look at the pizza on the roof, great shot. But, hey, it's not cut. So um, in order to kind of cover that up, they had to bring up some type of reasoning on why it wouldn't be cut. Well, they say, too, that you're, not supposed, to, you're supposed to get your pizza not cut so it doesn't leak grease all over the place and actually stays hotter. But I've never had one uncut like that. Never, uh-uh. Uh, we meet Andrea, or we see Andrea again at this party. Uh, she shows up and doesn't want to come in and keeps away from it, but she gets Jesse outside, and they talk about the money that Jesse left for her. Uh, she knows that it was too coincidental that the money showing up on the same night that the two guys got killed, that it, she had to connect that to Jesse. Exactly, yeah. She says two bangers show up her door and... Leave her, leave her some money, and what is she supposed to do with it? And she doesn't want to know anything. She just wants to know if it's safe to use that money and if anyone's coming for it. Yeah, that was very foretelling. I think, will somebody come looking for this? She's right. worried about Br- Brock and her safety. Exactly. Now, Kelly, does, does uh, Jesse ever interact directly again in the rest of the whole series with Andrea and Brock? Uh, yes, with the ricin. Oh, right, right. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. I just, I just mm-hmm. wondered, though. That was, uh, that was almost a goodbye between them at this point in the, in the episode. Um, what I think was sad is how Brock, who you know, was probably getting a little attached to Jesse, uh, is kind of one more failed relationship. And he kind of waves goodbye at Jesse and looks back at him, kind of forlorn. It makes you feel bad for Brock. Yeah, missing out on his next little daddy figure. Yeah, exactly. That was sad. Yeah. Jesse needs this party for connections with people. Even though they're superficial connections, he needs some sort of a, either a connection or a diversion from his own pain. Um, it, at the end of this episode, he just bakes in his own pain. He just sits down and lets that music pound into his head. He's in a really bad way in this episode. He really is. He just wants the party. You know, his friends are like, hey, I'm pushing up flowers. I got a cat to feed. You know, I, I got to go home, and he's so desperate to have company that he's basically like, let's just keep this party going and throwing money around. Very sad. So Walt got this gun from Lawson. Now he's practicing his draw maneuvers in the privacy of his home, and he's getting pretty good at it. We can see him improve on his handling of this of this thirty eight snub revolver. We also see Hank and Marie again. Hank's still being mean to Marie, Kelly. He's not, he's not very... F- 
considerate to her. Seriously, I'm getting really tired of it. I understand his reasonings, but when he gets that order of minerals, boy, he's just rude. Maybe, and, uh, maybe he's grumpy because he has to sleep in that purple monster of a quilt that they have. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they need some more manly colors. Um, but he's got a new therapy coach, Chuck. Chuck's the, the dude helping him start to try to walk again. and He gives Chuck a lot of respect, but he di- totally disses Marie. Well, you know, part of this, the title of 38 Snub was how people are snubbing each other in this uh, episode where Hank will snub Marie when she goes to give him the high five. And then um, later on when um, Mike snubs Walt when he asks to look for Gus, asks to talk to Gus, and he says, you're never going to see Gus again. And Skylar, when she goes to talk about the car wash and Bogdan snubs her. So lots of snubbing going on, um, along with the 38 snub being the revolver that he picks. Yeah, those are all great points. I love the double entendre of the name game there. Right, excellent. Uh, so what? So when Chuck's, Chuck does give Marie a little advice at the end of the at the end of the treatment, he kind of says one day at a time, Marie. And I think he's talking more to her than about Hank. One day at a time for you, Marie. You'll make it. Just think of it that way. Right. Very sad when she went to go high-five him and he just looked at her and then says, get out. After the guy leaves, tells her to leave. It seems like it almost might be a part of recovery, though, because Chuck seems to know about it, right? He seems to have the advice for it. Oh, I'm sure he's seen it. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, those rocks keep coming. Or minerals. Sorry, minerals. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that in turn makes her uh, start going and taking on different personalities and going to these you know places and and acting like a different person so what else do we see in this episode um skylar walt doesn't want to talk to skylar about the car wash over the phone he doesn't want that incriminating conversation on the phone and skylar's really jumping to pull the trigger on this purchase of the car wash um she threatens that if walt won't talk to her about it she's going to go right to saw and uh, later we see Skylar checking out the car wash and doing some, uh, doing some detective work herself, taking notes on how much business it does, what kind of materials people order, what kind of cars come in there. And uh, she's going to eventually meet Bogdan. She is. Yeah, she's, she's very smart to kind of have her... She does her research on things. Yeah, she gives Bogdan an offer, 879000 and he counters her with $10 million. Yes. Uh, till he finds out that she's connected to Walt, and then he gives her the hometown discount of twenty million because he hates Walt so much. Right, and he, then he's you know he does the wrong move by offending her and saying you know that you have your uh, can't have you he can't have Walt come in himself. He's got to have his wife do his bidding. Yeah, he's a bit of a sexist. Huh? He doesn't want his man sending his woman over to negotiate. Right. Pretty bullshit. But yeah, Skylar gets the upper hand on that. Um, see what else here we see there's a new Victor <laughs> Victor's got a replacement named Tyrus now yeah and you know also the um, the fact that they're starting to reweigh the product uh, is definitely showing that they're doubting Walt and how much they trust him yeah let me ask you the same question here Kelly does does Except for the very final finality of Gus, does Walt ever see Gus again? 
Does Walt ever see Gus again? Mike says you're never going to see Gus again. Does he ever see him again other than the final time he does see him? Yeah. Um, yeah, he does. He sees him. God, I know he has to see him after this. Um, didn't they meet in the desert and he threatens his children? Yeah, was that was that one we already did, or is that coming up? I, I can't place that. I'll kill your infant daughter. I'll kill you. And then You're he right. runs and grabs. That's in crawl space, I think, where he grabs the money and they're trying to run. And you're right. That is that is about to happen in the future. Yeah, he definitely sees them again. So uh, then we then we see Walt at the bar with Mike in the evening. Now this is when they have a drink. They have whiskey now instead of the coffee. Mike's drinking in the beginning. Now he's with Walt and they're drinking the whiskey. And this is where they have the conversation about being in the same boat. And come on, Mike, just get me in a room with him and I'll do the rest. I have a question for you. Is um, Walt did not get ice in his drink, and I don't recall if did he pick that up from somebody else. Is that a trait? Uh, because he said uh, he'd take the drink with no ice. You're right. And later on, we see Walt drinking with with Hank, and Hank doesn't like uh, ice either. Yeah. So I don't know if he picked that up from somebody, but. We do know that they, he picks up the traits of the dead. So Yeah, because it's different from Mike. Mike likes ice in his, so Walt does make it a little bit different. I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike acts very violently, though, when anyone threatens the team that he's working for, or his, his employees, or the, the people he's, he's connected with. And uh, when, Gus, when, when Walt suggests he can get to Gus and take him out, Mike just pounds him for that. Right, and he mentioned uh, before to Jesse, you know, I don't know if you've got, I respect your loyalties, but I don't know if they're to the right guy, meaning they should be to Gus. And Mike is extremely loyal. He might not agree with everything Gus does, but he's not just going to team up with Walt and take Gus out. That's right. (laughs) But, yeah, really, really interesting, too, is during this scene and this fight, uh, they use a big sandbag, like a 30-pounder, by Brian's torso so that Mike could kick him uh, because Brian likes to do a lot of his own fighting and stunts. Yeah, it's not really much of a fight. It's Mike pounding the hell out of Walt. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it looked, re- it looked very realistic. Uh-huh. So, Kelly, you had talked before about combinations of numbers, and they have this 38 special of threes and eights are kind of coming up over and over. They, I had some notes on this for this episode. Did you catch that as well? I did read something about that, um, but I didn't jot anything down. I know there's some correlation between threes and eights on the show. Well, it's a 38 snub. There's three and eight. The the White's house is at 308 Negro Arroyo Lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they sold 38, to pound, 38 pounds of meth in their original sale. Uh, and one in the in the one minute that that uh, Hank had it was 308. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that it does come up quite a bit. I don't know the significance of 3 and 8, but somehow Gilligan wanted to use it. Right. Uh, that's interesting that all those numbers kind of coordinate. So that's it for 38 Snub episode 2 of season 4 of Breaking Bad. This is Better Call Saul our podcast for the show that's coming up in early February. Uh, my Twitter handle is at scathing tweets. Kelly, what's yours? It is Kelly, or sorry, scratch that. It's uh, BRBA underscore fun facts. 
cool. So look for notes in our show notes for links of all these Twitters and stuff. And your websites, Kelly, what are they? I have Breaking Bad Fun Facts uh, and Better Call Saul Fun Facts on Instagram and Breaking Bad Fun Facts on Facebook. Cool. So we have all those links in there. And write to us if you have any questions or if you want to participate. And we'll see you next time, Kelly, for Open House. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.